Okay. Good evening, ladies. Good evening. So, you know, first and foremost, um, we are in uh, the nine days. So I'm actually in a shul today. We'll see what the future. Um, But uh, the shul, of course, is a base hamigdash ma'at. So I actually just, I noticed that the first, he has a very small piece because he discusses Mashiach uh, in other places. But, you know, it could be that we'll discuss the topic in the future. But uh, we'll do this small piece, even though it's going to skip it. But since the nine days, and that's about Amunah ben Mashiach, uh, believing in Mashiach, waiting for Mashiach. It's, you know, it's, it's to believe in Mashiach and to wait for Mashiach. You know, we come here to pray. You know, and so much of prayer revolves around it. So I'm actually happy that we're in the shul today. Because I like us just to think as we just do this little paragraph you know, when we when we pray, you know, are we really pondering and thinking about Mashiach? Um, Al Hamashiach, as I mentioned, he discusses it in another place, two other places in this work. Uh, he says, I, I elaborated upon Soif Marachas Adam. Marachas Adam. These are short pieces. He has about eighty or ninety pieces, pages, excuse me, um, about what it means to be an Adam. Adam does Adam. Meaning a, a mensch. Uh, it's not a male or female thing. This is the, the development of our character, development of our goal, and, and part and parcel of that is that everything we're doing is machine. I'm just on a small level. This, I don't know what you're saying. I'm sitting there being a shadchan for chavrusas. As you know, I, I felt myself like when I was learning before my office. Learn, I couldn't focus full, fully because I was sitting there worrying about this person walking in and this person walking out. But I'll tell you, at another level, I thought to myself, wow, I'm helping Jews connect to Hashem. I'm having all these people who it's exotic for them to learn with these yeshiva students who never come here otherwise. Um, that's amazing. Um, so there's always a two levels in our life. There's our personal development, and there's thinking beyond us, and, and thinking about Mashiach, thinking about others, not only in chesed, but in thinking of others, are we helping to bring Mashiach? That's a different discussion, which he discusses in another part of the Sefer, but it's a very important uh, concept in Judaism, that is proactively doing things to help bring Mashiach, which is the fruition of the world. He also talks about, another place in the, world, in the Sefer, about the generation before Mashiach, the ikvis of the Mashiach, that the, the travails of Mashiach, the, the challenges of the world. And you, but if you look at the news today, and this week, I mean, you know, I'm mean, going to be honest, though. I, I, I appreciate all those who are aware about shootings, and we should be concerned. I'm more bothered by the transgender craziness, and you should be too, because that's sickness of the head. The fact that that's normalized in the world today, you know, people are worried about people physically dying, and we should be. It's, it, uh, the tragedies of these human sacrifices for nothing... Um, but like you look at the world, the sickness of the world, it's a you know uh, that's all part of. Toyota still has, has headlights on. Okay, that's all part. That's all part. So as if there's a Toyota Camry, there's lights on. Um, Should I do it now? You could do it now. Yeah. Please come back. Only if you come back. Um, so. Um, that's all part of Mashiach and the generation of Mashiach, whether it's children being brazen or, or the youth or the confusion or 
the loss of, uh, of, a, of a pot of a heresy taking over governments, which is one of the things that he discusses that at length. Those are, there will be believe another Bezashem a time where we get to that. That that's not tonight. Fortunately, not unfortunately, that's not what we're doing right now. But what we are going to speak about briefly is the Emuna Bebeshiach, the the belief, you know, what Mashiach really is, um, that this world, the purpose of it is to be fixed. It's not, it, we're not supposed to be in Silicon Valley forever. There's not supposed to be a mosque on Harabais forever. It's not supposed to be the, our current situation. It's a, a, a belief in the future. You know, we know what Maimonides says in the Laws of Kings. Anybody who does not believe in Mashiach, and a person who does not wait for the coming of Mashiach, not just of the, the, the words of the prophets, like Yirmiyahu, like Jeremiah, like Yeshaya, like Isaiah, like Zechariah, who all discuss at length in the Messianic period, like Daniel, um, such a person is, a, is, a, is, a, is denying the five books of Moshe. The Torah discusses the Mashiach. Says that Revolba, it's not just to believe that there's a Mashiach. To wait for the Mashiach is coming. We're, we're obligated to wait for Mashiach. Why would we be obligated to wait for Mashiach? So I said to the men, I know, I'm, now that it's online, I know some people listen to the men's class, uh, apparently. Uh, some people in this room I know listen because I, I, I get the comments. Um, but, you know, I, I mentioned, if I would tell you that, you know, in a room, in this room, let's say even this whole room, this whole room would be filled with checks. The whole room would be filled with checks. It would fit a lot of checks, right? And one of the checks in this room would be to you, made out, You'd be cashed for $1.8 billion. You don't think you'd be waiting and looking in this room, waiting for that check to come, searching for, and maybe it can be, who knows how many checks in this room? You, you 100% guarantee you'd be looking for it. If I told you, God forbid, we should never know something. That, that, but I, I want you to imagine for one moment, you know, God forbid you lose a spouse, a parent, a child, a sibling, if I tell you, sometime in the next year, if you do the right thing, they're coming back alive. Your parents, wouldn't you wait for that? Wouldn't you wait for that? Your spouse, wouldn't, wouldn't you want that? Wouldn't you like, when is this coming? My kids are going to camp. They were excited. You know, if there's a trip, you're excited. So if you believe in Mashiach, you understand what Mashiach is, of course you want Mashiach to come. So part of belief in Mashiach is actually the Tzapas Mashiach. And, and again, we're not talking, to, what he's focusing on right now is not to prove belief in Mashiach, but, but, to, but to take what's over here and to make it over here, to make it real. You know, the Chavetz Chaim, as many people know, he had a bag waiting for Mashiach. He had lived with a bag to wait for Mashiach. It was a reality to him. So, but Tefillah we're here in this shul, we pray, Shmona Esrei, Anu Maskirim Es Mashiach, in the first bracha, Umevi Gal Levnevenem. We come with Tfilas in Shmona Esrei, say Umevi Gal Levnevenem, and I'll be also Gal Aleinu Meher Levad Shemach Ki Gal Chazik Ata. That's in Re'ei. 
Below the shofar, that when Mashiach comes, we say that. Hashiva Shavtena Kavishana. What's Hashiva Shavtena Kavishana mean? What are we asking for? We say it every day. I saw some righteous ladies were praying Mencha here. Right? So Hashiva Shavtena What are we asking for? What's the Shavtin? Who are the judges? The Sanhedrin. We're asking for the Sanhedrin to come back. Why? The Sanhedrin is the ultimate arbiter of Jewish law. We should have complete... There'll be no... By the way, when the Sanhedrin comes, there's no Mashkenazim and Sephardim. There's one... <laughs> of course we know who's right, but... Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. No, no one does. The Sanhedrin will decide. But, um, but the truth is, we want the Sanhedrin to come back. Um, uh, we say, we say, You know what Yerushalayim Ircha Baracham Tashav is? A Yerushalayim where today... You can't even walk in Jerusalem, in a, a third of Jerusalem. You can't even walk there. You know what that means? If you would not have police there or army there, you would, you would be dead within a short period of time. Right? That's how you, you, you can't even go to Har Habayis. Your ear David is Silouan today. So we want to rebuild Jerusalem. We're grateful for what we have, but it's far from what it should be. David We ask for the Davidic line to come back. We ask for the avod to do to be able to go and serve Hashem in the base of Megdash. We say we say for those who just daven mincha. I saw at least three ladies daven mincha in here. Uh, I don't know one lady who comes from Marav and it's nine thirty Marav here. Every night, um, we say, we say, Kilishu Oscha Kivinukoyom. We wait for your Yeshua every day. That's what we, we all prayed. Anyone who prayed Shimon Esri even in the morning, this afternoon, said those words. Kilishu Oscha Kivinukoyom. We're waiting for you every day. When you bench, we say, Anumaydim Alham Mazen Vela Aretz Miyad. We say and we say afterwards. Um, um, we, we ask after thanking God for our food. The first thing we do, what do we pray for? We build Jerusalem. <laughs> we thank God for our food, and the first thing we say, Yerushalayim. So you know, it, I, this is a very short piece to be honest. Not as cerebral, as sophisticated as things we've been learning the past few weeks, but. but we're in a shul. This is the the, the, the the Gemara says that when the base was destroyed, the the the, the shuls, the, the places of learning, that's where you find Hashem. You know, when you come here, it's worthwhile to think. You know, we pray for ourselves, and we should pray for ourselves, pray for our children, pray for the current situation. Some people are scared about security. Some people are scared about health. Some people are scared about their loved ones or they're, they're excited about things. Think about the base of Mikdash. <laughs> you know, so much of prayer is that we're supposed to be waiting. Waiting for the... If we'd only appreciate all of the other things we're worried about or excited about or, or fearful, the, the base of Mikdash is the answer to that. Right? It, it's Kadai. You come here. Now I want to just say, you know... I, if, if if this class ends up moving here, there's no eating and drinking here. By the way, I, just as a record for the record, sure you don't eat and drink. This is a place of. I'm not saying you can't. So, you know, it's not a place where you do. 
this is a place of spiritual oxygen. You know, when you come to a shul, it's uh, you know when you, the way we act in a shul. Oh, if you notice, I always kiss this when I come. You put your back to this. I'm giving this sure now. It's as if this is this is a taste of the base of Megdash. This is Hashem's home, you know, where 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 we connect. And when we're doing it, it's worthwhile to to stop and ponder the words we say. She says to herself, think how many times we pray uh, for the base of Megdash. Do we ever ponder it? Do we ever think about it? And he says, you know, in general. Person should be cognizant of that. This is a short piece. I was gonna. If it would have been in a regular night, I would have skipped it because it's so short. And really, it doesn't say too much. But I think the Hashem put it, us to see this little piece during the nine days. Um, you know, could I to think about it? And I would just, you know, for myself, I mentioned this at Shal Shudis. I don't just think about the, the dangers we have on the nine days. I don't just think about the basement. Look at Achenu Bnei Yisrael. How many Jews are so lost? You know, you know, it's worthwhile in the nine days to think about Hashem's children. Can you imagine if you're a parent or a sibling or or or, or a child, and like eight of the kids and fa- the ten kids in your family are like totally gone, you know, totally gone, totally off the charts, drug addict somewhere. Eighty percent of Claudius today are so far from Judaism. Approximately eighty percent, seventy-five, eighty percent. Yeah, we should be cognizant. Okay, that's what I want to say about Mashiach. We're going to our, our, our more deeper, longer topic, and that's Tchias Hamesim. Now, amazingly, there's a gentleman who walked in tonight. This gentleman, I've been involved with over email for many months. First time I met him tonight. I got him to come tonight. He asked me questions. Actually, it was like the weirdest thing. The guy he listened to Mashiach, and he mentioned he's going to Israel, and I told him to go to Aish. He went to Aish actually for a few for a few days, um, and I was learning from one of the boys tonight. So I said to him, whatever his name is, I said, "Do you do you uh, do you have anything you want to study?" And this is a guy who has no real background. So he said he wants to know the resurrection of the dead. So, <laughs> so that's actually our topic tonight. Um, now, the Tchias Hamesa. I want to understand one thing. We talked about uh, the belief in the world to come. Um, there is a discussion uh, about the Seder of events. So I'll just tell you that the, the way that the Rambam understands it is that there's Mashiach. It's a period of Messiah. Mashiach will rebuild the base of Megdash. It will be uh, a period in the beginning where we have first dominion, then the building of the base of Megdash. And over time, it becomes clearly, clearly abundant. Hashem rules the world. The entire world follows Hashem. Imagine all of the internet only spreading different Torah. Right? No. That's what, it's, that's what it's for, by the way. That's what, that, when you say that, that the whole world will know Hashem, that internet was created for that. That's what will happen in the time of Mashiach. There will only be Dvar Hashem. And that's all that's going to be there. It will be a way that anyone on any island, like far off island like New Zealand, uh, or, or, the, or the, and the, some island somewhere in, off the coast of Africa or Europe, they'll all hear Devar Hashem. It'll be Devar Torah. And eventually, eventually it'll be so abundant that you'll, you'll lose free will. Because if you're surrounded by it, and at that time the world will end, there'll be a period called Tchias HaMesim, where we'll come back into our physical bodies. Um, some, the, the Kabbalists say that's the future ultimately, and according to the Rambam, the future and others, the future will be 
uh, will have no bodies without no soul. So just to, that's just the basics. Now, what does it mean to believe in the resurrection of the dead? Kashikti Barna, when we talked about living with a, a belief in the world to come, we quoted the Chovas Lavavas in his rebuke. The same work, Chovas which talks about that the physiology of a human being, the beauty of the human body, how God created childbirth and the ability to see and to hear, and how everything of, of, is, is, is a creator. You know, how every little bit that you can see in the human body Forgetting looking at the world and seeing God, you can look at every part of the body and how all of life goes and see God. The same Chovas Lavavos as Tochacha says, At the end of the book, in his words of rebuke, he denigrates the body. It's, it's a putrid, it's disgusting, it's a carcass. What we said is, why would he say that after talking about all the miracles of the body? And this point is compared to the world to come. That the body is nothing, which means when you're making decisions in life, when you're thinking about, when you're making your decisions, you need to know that the ultimate is the world to come. So if you have a Sunday, you have a nighttime, you can have a chilled out, what would, my, my teenagers, one of the words they like is chill. I'm going to go chill with my friends. Like, like you think of like a lemonade. I don't know what they're talking Chill. Like, you know, like, um, I, I, I think of chill. I don't, I don't think, yeah. But if you want to chill out, right, that's what they say? I've heard it before. All right, chill out. Like, I, what does chill out mean? It becomes like an ice cube or something? If you want to become an ice cube, what? I know. I know, ladies. Of course I know. Even the even in the, in the eons ago that I lived as a teenager, they used those words. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> I want to make you feel young. Uh, uh, so, um, but when you want, if you want to chill out, there's a time and place for all of us to relax. I don't know about chilling out, but relax. Um, so there's a time and place. But you know when you're making decisions, says the Chalas realize one thing, that the ultimate greatness is Olam Haba. If you, if you have that when you're making your decisions, as we discussed, you'll make better decisions. It means even when you're relaxing or quote-unquote chilling out or taking a break or going on vacation, all important things, by the way, but when you're thinking, or, or, or you're making your plans for the weekend or for tonight, you know, when you're, on a Monday night, you could, somebody told me they don't, they, they don't come to the class, they don't take a bubble bath either. They do listen to the class, obviously, because they knew I said that. But you can, you could, you could, not come to the class, you have kids or whatever. You could also, you could want to, you know, watch uh, something on, online. You could want to just read a book. And then maybe sometime it's okay to read a book, you know. But when you're making a decision, you'll say stuff like, what's going to give me more haba? You know, inviting someone for Shabbos or not inviting. Now some people will need a break, but you make better decisions, right? When you're marrying somebody, you know, if I'm, you're marrying a person, you think to yourself, is this person just going to give me a good physical life or they will they bring me to Olam Haba? You make a better decision based on that. Right? When, you, when, you, when you're making friends, if they're, they're going to be only for fun or are they going to bring me closer to Olam Haba? When you're making plans for Pesach, is it only about the, the, the non-gabrach's 24-7 tea room and the, the, the diet you'll have afterwards? Or is it or Rosh Hashanah? Or Yom Kippur? Or Sukkot? You're going to go over somewhere to Sukkot, you're going to be in Corsica for Sukkot. 
You think you have sukkahs in Corsica? I never, went, I never went to Corsica for sukkahs, but my point is, let's imagine you're not going to keep sukkahs in Corsica, and you. But you're not going to have. You're not going to. You're not going to have sukkahs. So you think differently. That's what the Chavos was saying. When you believe in the world to come, when you're making decisions in life, you make different decisions. It impacts you. If all if all life is about chilling out, relaxing, yeah, you live the cruise controlled Orthodox life or Jewish life. But you know what? Everything you're making a decision. You know, is it comfortable? Is it this okay? I, I did my checkbox. I did this. It's different when you live with the reality of olam haba. You make your whole life is different glasses. Hariyamuna olam haba. Someone just raise their hand. Ask question. Hariyamuna olam haba. Mechayevus osanu. It obligates us. Lehizdayus yisur imanefesh. It makes us connect more to our soul. You know, I when I when somebody tells me they slept late on Shabbos. Talking about ladies now, not because of ladies' class. I think to myself the following thing. Judge them favorably. But really, think about it. Are you sleeping late because you had a week where you just can't function? Or are you looking at a shop? It's a Saturday. We're going to wake up at 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock. And, you know, I could have went to Shul. I could have, again, I'm not talking to people physically or unable. Or, you know, I don't expect someone who's, I don't, I'm not Hashem, but. If someone's physically unable, I'm not people who are healthy people. He was sleeping late, like it's like a like a guy wakes up at twelve o'clock on Saturday. You know, my guyish neighbors, nice, very nice people. Willowglen, by the way, people are nice here. Nice people. They wake up. Not no, there are plenty of people. You know, Saturday morning. You know, I cross. I cross Meridian. I'm very popular. Everyone knows who I am. They see. It. But I always see you walking. You know, I walk back and forth. I cross Meridian. A dozen times in the day, more. Crossing, you try crossing on a, 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 at eight o'clock on a Monday morning. <laughs> you say to it's feels a derech. And they cross again. They say a goimel. That's with the button and the light. I'm telling you, yeah. with the button, light, you gotta say a goimel at the end. Saturday morning, Ooh, it's Kriyas Yamsuf. Yeah. There's not a car in sight. You know, once in a while I see a car crossing. It's like, I walk right straight across the ocean, man. Maybe I have to wait two seconds. And then since there's one car, they stop for you usually. And say, that no one's up that time. It's living late. Nothing wrong per se. Not, goyim. Nothing wrong per se. You know, there's some up. But what are you, a Jew on a Shabbos? It's not Saturday. It's not out till 12 o'clock at night uh, dancing to the kukaracha, right? <laughs> Which could be out to 12 o'clock at night. You shouldn't be. No, but you shouldn't be. That's the point. That no, but you shouldn't be. The, the point is, is you shouldn't be. There's no reason to be at 12 o'clock at night. It really is none. If you're going to miss davening, if you're going to stay out late, it's a wrong calculation, unequivocally. There's no reason that anyone has to be up to 12 o'clock at night. That is, the, especially the men, it's a yetzahara to stay up. That's a wrong calculation. There's no reason. <laughs> I'm not, I don't, I, there's no reason. I understand what you said. I understand what you said. There's no reason. It's not Seder night. You get, get home. We should get, you know, sit there and schmooze about uh, whatever, you know, as much to the Torah and then Miss Minion. That's not Yitzhahara. It's not Yitzhahtov. It's not Yitzhahtov. You know, again, I'm all for having camaraderie and having guests. I'm a big believer. Mrs. K would like you, you know, people to open their house, especially this week, apparently. But the point... The point, my point is, like, it's Saturday, it's, actually, it's Shabbos. Shabbos means, for the men, 
to come to shul on time. And for the ladies, I would say the following thing. This is the ladies' class. You should push yourself. It shouldn't be you walk in. For, for sure, you can't miss the drasha. But uh, I'm on a serious note. If Davin, you get leaning. Do you know what it means to Davin in a shul? You know, to Davin to Hashem. How often do you get to have that? You know, if you have, uh, if you can't make it, listen, my own wife, uh, who I'm in awe of, especially when I come home and the kids are jumping all over the place, um, you know, I, I'm in awe of, doesn't come to the show because she can't. I'm, that's not what be, it would be irresponsible, quite frankly, for her to come. It would be, a, the cost would be too great, which she would love to, trust me. She would love to um, when she comes. I mean, she tries to come when she comes. But if you could come, of course you should come. When, you, when, you, when you're cheshbiting nefesh, you, when you're thinking about Olam Hub, you make better decisions. Um, by the way, my wife Davins, don't worry, I'm saying she don't want to give you long pressure. She Davins chakras every day. She can't come to show. It doesn't work in the schedule. It doesn't, it doesn't you know. But she makes a cheshbon. By the way, I will tell you, you know, if I talk about her, if she makes a cheshbon to Davin Mincha, she'll figure out, she's calculating her day once she gets to Davin Mincha, which is hard in the winter. And pretty hard in the summer, the kids are from school, too. Um, but, you know, you make different decisions. I'm telling you, you know, sometimes we, I, I look back, like, what in the world did I do today? Like, why did I... I'm not talking about things I could have been supposed to do. Things like, you know, I didn't need to do that. I didn't need to check uh, the news. What, what's, you know... Some of that, by the way, I, I happen to believe it's good to know the news. It's, I'm not against it. But you don't want to check it three times. The third time, I waste an eternal life. I could, I could have lived, finally in the morning what happened, I wasted my life. I, I, you know, there's a guy in the show once told me, I asked him, why don't I learn Gemara? You don't have time. Then his spouse tells me, he looks at the news for over an hour and a half every night. Something on the computer, an hour and a half a night. Crazy. Hour and a half a night, you have to read the news. You go from Google News from one channel to another channel, and you have no time to learn. So what's that? A, is he a bad, a bad person? Not a bad person at all. But a person who is missing living with Olam Haba. You know, that hour and a half uh, is every second important. So it's a super important concept. But he says that this idea, therefore, that the physical world is nothing, it means that, can you think about Olam Haba? Don't make that your main thing. Don't make that your focus. Take care of your body. Make sure you have a proper balance. I'm not saying that. But know when you're making your decisions, it's with a thought process what's important. Rabbi says in a work called Das Tfunas, which is an amazing work. It's like um, an advanced Derech Hashem, I would say. I mean, I thought of Moshe Becker did the work. In Tchiyas HaMesim, there he explains Tchiyas HaMesim. Tchiyas HaMesim is Bekitzer Vichlal Pashato. Bottom line about Tchiyas HaMesim, resurrection of the dead. You know, just tonight, it's actually, I had a Russian Jew also, first time I met him tonight. I know his nephew. His nephew contacted me about getting this guy a, a bris. He never had a bris. So I got him to come learn tonight. I'm going to work with him. You know, it's like, you don't go and say, Shalom Aleichem, nice to meet you. Do you want a bris? <laughs> like, you know, it doesn't work that way. You're like, you know, you know da, da, da. guy contacts me. He's Ukrainian. Actually, he's not Russian. He's Ukrainian. I know the nephew became a Balchu, but doesn't live here. on the East Coast. He's like, do you, mean, you know, he went to his nephew's wedding, uh, and it was inspired by this wedding uh, in the East Coast. And you know, wants wants to have something. So nephew said, "Can I get him to have a bris?" So he said, "He'll have him contact me." 
I wasn't going to get rich. So I said I was learning, actually, he was learning with, at 7.30 to 8.30 with one of the guys. Um, but I wanted to hear this conversation because another person there, I was talking about cremation. Because, you know, you don't even think about cremation. And these guys, they don't know better about, you know, cremation? We, cremation? We believe, believe in the etern, uh, an eternal soul of uh, the body. So I said, you know, you, you bury, I wanted him to hear this, you bury, it's like a seed. You put a seed in the ground, what happens to the seed? It decomposes, and then what comes? A tree. That's really what Tchiyas Hamesim is. Says the, the Sefer Das Tfunos that Tchiyas Hamesim, the concept of the resurrection of the dead, is pretty simple. God created us with a physical body and a soul. You know, so much of the works of Kabbalah elaborate on the, the, the holiness of, of, a, of a neshama, the, the sublime holiness, and a sublime neshama, to put both together, to unify both, to serve God. Therefore, when there's eternal reward, when we are in this world, guess what? Well, how we live, we're gonna be, it's going to impact us forever. <laughs> You ladies for coming here tonight will we'll, we'll benefit forever. Any share, nothing to do with this share. Any share. Forever. Forever. For eternity. So when you came here, did you walk here by, out of curiosity? Or you walked in the, to the car, right? Did you, you, did you sit? Did you use your hands? You're, you're, where is your physical body to, 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 to acquire? To, so when we're rewarded, we should be the package deal as well. Should be our physical body and spiritual soul, says the Ramchal. Right now, therefore, of course, the reward, the body pushed itself, so the body also get rewarded. The physical and the spiritual together, so much so that when the spiritual leaves, what happens to the physical body? Dies. It always has to be together. If the physical body gets maimed, what happens to the soul? It leaves. Uh-huh. Then it, that is the eternal reward, right? The perfect. So when we get when we a person dies, their body decomposes, and when will come, the resurrection of the dead will come. It will will be re- resurrected in a perfect way. We're resurrected in the ideal form, of which will be actually Reb Arya Levine. Um, and everyone, everyone knows Reb Arya Levine. Reb Arya Levine. There's a book that's called Tzadik in Our Time. Uh, Rabbi Ari Levine was the father-in-law of Rav Yashiv, who was one of the big place, one of the big day living in Israel. He was a Tzadik of Israel. Like Menachem Begin loved Rabbi Ari Levine. That was his Rebbe. Uh, he was tremendously uh, influential. So he, on his grave, he put, on Imamim Ben Shlema, I believe to all faith in the resurrection of the dead. That's what he wanted. He wanted people to understand he, he, he had a tremendous influence on the non-religious population of Israel. That you should believe in the resurrection of the dead. That when you, you should know that when you're in a cemetery and you see a Jewish soul, that there will be a day where that body will come back again. And the point of Tchitz Mesim is that there, we should be uh, whole again. Um, I, I, it's, he doesn't discuss this, but I think I'm going to just point this out. You know, there's an amazing ritva. The ritva was a um, the ritva was a late 
13th century, early 14th century, a uh, Spanish sage, student of the Rajba, and he, he says this, which is really a medrash in Tan de He says the following thing. There, besides, the, there's a tchiyas hamesim, the resurrection of the dead is at the end of time. After the Messianic period, all the dead will come alive. Of, uh, but he said there's an earlier tchiyas hamesim, even before that. There's an earlier resurrection of the dead. And he says the following thing. It's a medrash, really. It says, Anyone who mourns for Jerusalem... Any mourner of Jerusalem will see a rebuilt Jerusalem. So the Vilna Goyim mourned for Jerusalem. The Baal Shem Tov mourned in Jerusalem. The waited for Mashiach. Waited. Ramesha Feinstein waited. Rabbi Yosef waited. They waited for Mashiach. So it says that the Medrash, anyone who is Mishabal Yushalayim will see it in Simcha. Anyone who mourns for Jerusalem there will be a tzchiyas in the Messianic period to be there to see a rebuilt Jerusalem. So just you should know, those who mourn for Jerusalem these nine days, Tishabov, you were from the, those who are waiting for Jerusalem, we'll see, we'll, we'll see it. Um, but that's a, that's a separate tzchiyas HaMesim. If you want, the, the, what's greatest for a person is shiitaken atzmo v'yashlem briyaso. You know, it's to fix yourself and help creation. And I want to say one thing. Now, you're here. It's an amazing thing. The gentlemen who are coming in, into that room tonight, almost everyone who is almost everyone who is there really tonight, uh, and, and mostly last night. Was, last night was like Israel night. Tonight's American night and Russian night. So I got both. So why are we here? Like, why in the world are we all doing here? You know, what are we doing here? Like, we could be doing a million things. Like, these gentlemen could also be doing a million things. We're here because we, we honestly believe there's more to life. Like there is, not just because it's true, it is true, and Torah is true, and Hashem is true, and it's creation. Like we're looking to do more. Right? And, we, and the reason we have that is because we believe and we know that, that our actions are, are important. You know, how we live makes a difference. What we do has ramifications. We're doing the physical body. You know, a lot of our challenge uh, is, you know, the phys- what, what, how we deal in our own emotional self. That's purely the soul, usually, and our physical self. Like how we deal with these things, and are we making? Are we bettering ourselves? Are we doing more uh, with it? asa. Now, this is a, a deep concept. I don't want to think. You know, it's an amazing thing. I was teaching a Jewish groom, uh, and, and and I said, we're talking about intimacy. And he like thinks like Judaism is like, he's not religious. Like Judaism is like, like, like uh, some kind of Catholic religion. It's like bad. Not bad. It's the holiest thing, it's the holy thing you can do. It just it has to be with, in marriage to the right person. Like, and then, uh, you know, it's an amazing thing. But you get this idea like, Physicality is evil. Judaism has what's the holiest day of the year? What? Well, what's the holiest day of the year? Says Tachner's got it. Shabbos. When you eat and when you when we uplift our physical world, but yet the the physic, pure physical is zach the of the chashik dark. Why is pure physical dark? Purely physical. If there's no connection. To spirituality, because it's, it's, it's just a momentary of pleasure. It's nothing. Why is Shabbos so holy? 
because we're connected to the Creator, right? If if, if it's just copulating, or, you know, animals copulate. Nothing to you know. It's, it's momentary. Play. If it's in marriage, it's a bond. It's it's procreation. It's there's something there, right? If you're just eating for the sake of shooting up people in Dayton, Ohio, then better not to eat. Or if you're just eating for the sake of you know, watching a ball game for the rest of your life. If we can ask you a question, imagine a person would sit down and film a television, eat and watch television. They have unlimited money. Unlimited money. Right? Their grandfather won Powerball. Right? $1.4 billion. There's only one winner. Okay? And the children and the grandchildren. This guy sit, and sits, the grandfather gave this kid $60 million. And from the age of 8 to 100, he does the following thing. He... Uh, he Amazons food to his house, and for the rest of his life, he has ESPN is watching ball games. What would you say about such a person? Would you say about his life? It's not a life. It's all stupid. It's it's complete. What if you what, what if you would say he would just not watch television and just eat all day long? Not his weights. What would you say about his life? <clears throat> Sad, right? Bad, right? Nothing. Because all it is is eating. You know, we, eating is an amazing thing. I'm, I'm a fan of eating, by the way. It's a good thing to eat. And you should eat food to make you healthy and happy. But if that's your end game, that's nothing. If it's, your, if it's on Shabbos, you're celebrating Hashem, and you're rejoicing because that's amazing, then you want the Geshmaka Chalant, you know? And the right kind of p- pickles. <laughs> the wrong part of pickles can ruin the meal, by the way. Pickles are key. I was telling this to my wife, Bubby's pickles, not the, not this <laughs> velastic, you know, chemical Narsh guide. Now, if you like velastic, like what, what are my kids though? We'll forgive you, but uh, not, not, then you pickle or something. Imagine you've t- someone eating pickles all day. I'm not talking about the complexion, how they would look, right? <laughs> I'm like, what kind of stupidity is that? I'm seriously, what do you say when, when, when you? So when you ever hear Judaism say physicality is dark and evil, it's pure physicality. If all it is is physicality. You know, if all that if, if all that is, you know, I see a, you know, I remember, you know, once or twice in my life I was around where I saw drunk people who were going to spend time to each other, together with each other. I thought, how pathetic! What a debasement of life! Like like two donkeys. That's what it is. You know, two strangers meeting in the night, you <laughs> know, drunk wobbling. That is that's lowly. You know, a husband and wife. It's Amazing! You eat to serve God. You come here, you know. You do. You you help people in this world. You do an act of kindness in this world. You use your energy. That's amazing. You you go on vacation and now you have more strength to help people. It's an amazing vacation. Take it. You come on vacation for what? To sit there and watch ball games all day? I'm not, or, or or go to work for a company like Google. Come home and watch ball games and eat. That's your life. What kind of stupid life is that? Why is it better if a person works for Google and watches ball games in their free time? A guy watches one's Powerball because you work for Google, your life is more, more, more valuable? Think about it. We all agree. If a guy sits there all day and eats and watches sports games, a waste of a life. So I take the same life. Instead of sports games, he works for Google. That makes life valuable? Well, it doesn't make life valuable. It makes a person a completely physical being. Now, if he, if he helps people, does things... Kind of connect, then you're talking about something. But purely physical, my point, point to something that's purely physical 
is dark because that's all it is. That's dark. When it's connected to the spiritual, then it's a, a different galaxy. Um, and the truth is, if you do something that's purely physical, can't connect to the spiritual. But really, when you're prepared, then you can go into the King of Kings. He says, first of all, the physical body in and of itself, what it wants, what it desires, it's not, it's not the right thing. You know, again, some of us are lucky enough to have a good nature or whatever. That's not our body. That's, that's our soul. <laughs> it's not that your body is different. It's that your neshama is different. Your soul is different. Some people have different challenges in this world, but a body is a body. Our soul in the body will want different things, but our body, a physical body, so the physical body in and of itself shouldn't be able to go because what the physical body wants is physicality. Um, it's a little bit deep, but you're a highly sophisticated group. Um, so but, but th- I want you just to think about it because it sounds a little, the physical body purely wants physicality. That's what it wants, right? You ever see a person when they get home I'll tell myself, I had to make some phone calls today, which were a little bit, I knew were going to take serious energy. I, I did not make them. And, you know, I was, learning, I was up north at the deal, so it's to meeting with some people. I was coming down until I ate lunch. Why did I do that? I was like, I was on low gas. It's out of gas. What happens when I'm out of gas? Can't go too far. So that, that being out of gas was not my neshama, by the way. <laughs> you know, the fact that I needed a coffee was, uh, it's not my, my soul saying, give me coffee. <laughs> I, I promise you, you know, you know, and then I had holy pasta. Highly recommend the holy pasta, by the way. It tastes so much better than that white pasta. But the holy pasta that I wanted, that holy pasta, you know, was really not my neshama either. Now, of course, it feeds my neshama because when we make brachas, it's recognition that we need to be healthy to, to serve God. But the f- desire, like, uh, the you know, it, it, we will make good decisions about eating or t- getting proper night's sleeps or exercising. If our, if our life is balanced, but the physical body is not saying, give me, that's saying, you know, feed me. That's what it really is saying. The neshama may say, well, I'll feed you something that's healthy for you. I'll feed you at the right proportions. We'll make brachas. We'll do it correctly. First of all, so realize that when the body is purely physical, it's, an, it's actually a negative, purely physical. Again, Yiddishkeit, Judaism, is to uplift Anyone who has learned Tanya on any level, that's the whole book. <laughs> the whole book is at some level of that. Uh, the whole thing. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of depth to it. I don't want to start up my, my children's descendants, but, uh, you know, but that really, that's the, the, the essence of that, of, of that Sefer. Um, but you should know, the physical body is going to say physicality, but the soul, our soul, comes from the divine throne. Now, I don't, I've learned a little bit, I don't pretend to know what that really means, <laughs> but I do know what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean, it's, there's no physicality. It means the neshama comes from the complete divine. Right? It's so holy. as The holiest thing you can get to, you know, it, that is the neshama. And it's put into and blown into our, into our body. It's a mashallah, it's a mashallah, it's a mashallah, 
And the reason, when you see this poor guy sitting in Google, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to skip the guy watching TV all day. His whole life, he has an Ashama, right? Mark Feinberg. With an Ashama from Hashem. Right? Mark Feinberg you know, wakes up, goes, gets a frappuccino and a casserole. I don't know, it's an egg sandwich or whatever he goes. A, a, a pizza or Starbucks or his favorite places. You know, we read the New York Times, which is bad enough. That's selfish. You know, it's its own punishment. Own punishment. But he reads it and he thinks it's good for him. You know, reads the, reads the newspaper, drives in his car, either listens to talk radio or even classic music. You know, music, talks on the phone, goes to work, eight hours, nine hours, comes home, sits on Netflix, watches a game. Now, if he's married, it's a little bit of a higher level, he's living beyond himself, but let's pick it. Oh, he's not married. Watches Netflix, calls some friends, looks at some other people like him who have no lives, all physicality, on Facebook and sees that they ate, they had a different egg sandwich at Google <laughs> or whatever else is on Facebook, and that's his life. This Mark Feinberg, I'm not even talking about his ancestors, who they were, who were holy Jews. He, that is a soul in there. I, that, you know, that's an ashama in there. But, but let's not talk about Mark Feinberg. Let's talk about us. Like what we're doing with our lives, because that's where we're focusing ourselves tonight. Right? We have that soul. We have that neshama. Like we're coming with the neshama mimal. Hashem puts it in us. You have to know that, that, that use, utilizing this neshama uniquely, subjectively in our body is a purpose. To take ourselves and to make ourselves hecher, higher, holier, more spiritual, better, right? To, 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 to advance ourselves. And to take us that we shouldn't just be people whose day, like Shabbos to us, by the way, again, having a good shalom on Shabbos is, is very important. Besides the pickles, it's very important to have a good right? You know, but it's not about the shalom. It's about coming to shul. I, 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 I don't know why I'm thinking this way, but I'm going to shul, so I think it's a kashkacha for me. It's about coming to shul, ladies. It's about, it's about, it's about davening. It's about taking time on Shabbos to focus on important things. It's not about sleeping late. It's not about you know, reading a novel by Michener or, or what's her name? Um, the lady, Anne Rand, who wrote Harry Potter. Uh, you know, I think that, <laughs> or J.K. Rowling, who wrote The Fountainhead, right? Like, all these people, right? It's not about reading their novels with a thousand pages. Hey, if someone needs to read a novel, I'm not saying you can't. That's not what it's about, right? It's, it's all about, it's all about, you know, taking advantage of the soul. So the physical body, it's for sure it's there, for sure it's there. But the ultimate of it is to uplift it in that sense. And you should know that the, our goal, again, subjectively, based to who we are, is Leo's Kamach, is to be the angel that we can be. Now, the, the, which means the more we uplift ourselves, the more we're sublime, we're, we're even above that. There was a Matzanuk from Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was the highest. He completely, this is all, by the way, he's just quoting, all this is Ramchal. Uh, it's all a quote from Das Tunas. He's completely um, uplifted himself to do it. And he says, all of us, our goal is to let the Torah be the light for us to uplift ourselves 
to purify ourselves. Uh, if that's the, the, the goal of the physical world, uh, that you should know that it can only be in a physical world, then the physical body has to be eternal as well. So the, we're going to see this, we'll pick up next week, but you should know that our physical body is eternal as well. And this is, the basis of this is why the resurrection of the dead has to have a physical body. Right? And when you go to a cemetery, I'll tell you on a small level what I think. I would like you to think the same thing. Or you can think of even a better thought than me, perhaps, or for sure. And that is, this is a place where it reminds us that our, our physical body is what we're supposed to be uplifting. So on these people, in a Jewish cemetery, certainly, you know, we're going to be, what do we do with our bodies? Because like, our neshamas are forever. The bodies go to the ground and decompose to be rebuilt. But it's a reminder, like, our, the guf is nitzchi. The bodies are forever too. How we utilize ourselves. What's, what, you know, we talked about belief in the world to come will, will calibrate us. If the more we know that our, our nasham, like, you know, the tattoo, every time I see a tattoo, I forget cremation. You see a tattoo, it's like, this is your body. This is your eternal body. You go a poster board? Like, you know, like you put signs on a poster board, like a display, display item. I mean, the Jews who get it don't know better. But for us, we need to know that when we're making a decision, our goof is forever. And it's not the physical goof. It's not the, the Google guy, the, the Mark Feinberg, who's just, or the guy sitting in a room all day watching ESPN. Right? What, what's, what's eternal is the goof which connects to Mitzvah. Is that clear? Based on that, we'll pick up next week to talk about how resurrection of the dead works. Okay, ladies, have a great night. Uh, you're welcome to stay for Marav if you want.